With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Peak to Pit. This is Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger. We missed you last week with the Thanksgiving break going on, but we're back and uh, one of us has a game to cheer for this weekend. We, I mean, I've got a game to cheer for. It just doesn't involve my team. Actually, <laughs> well, Liberty, right? I'll say that Liberty plays Coastal, which I've said this before, but Coastal was our huge rival when I was in school there. Um. And we, they're nine and zero. We're nine and one. We lost a game two weeks ago. We haven't got a chance to talk about it because we took last week off. But lost a game two weeks ago in, at NC State thanks to a blocked field goal, and it was heartbreaking. But still nine and one. Play um, Coastal this weekend. Huge, like kind of in the past rivalry. Um, don't play every year, but so that'll be fun. So yeah, I, I have somebody to cheer for, and I can wear um, that ugly shade of orange that the Vols wear. So I have that to cheer for as well. So. Ew. Cream's the cold orange. Um, I do like it on Sundays though. Like I think that's the Bucks best. Uniform yeah. To, I'm okay with that. For the <laughs> it, it, the creamsicle orange Bucks, Bucko Bruce is fantastic. Um, outside of that, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was good. Smaller than normal. Um, some of my siblings, you know, when everybody gets married every once in a while, you got to indulge the other side of the family. So that made it a little bit smaller than normal, but it was fun. It was good. It was at our house, which I like to do because then my kids can destroy my stuff instead of somebody else's. Um, yeah, that was fun. How was yours? It was good. Um, we didn't make the rounds of, to like all of the family in the same day. So we went, uh, we went to my mom's on Thursday. So on Thanksgiving Day, uh, came home and just chilled out. Then on Friday morning, we went to brunch, just us four. We went and walked the Tampa River Walk, which is, uh, it got a lot hotter than I was expecting. Like it's, it's two and a, two and a half or two and a quarter miles. Uh, and we did it there and back. So it's like four and a half miles and we were sweating our butts off by the time we got back to, to Eulalie there on the river walk. So we did that. And then Saturday we went over to my dad's and. Uh, had lunch with them. So it was kind of a three-day marathon of of events and things, but it was a lot of fun and and we enjoyed it. So ate way too much. And so I've been running every night since then. There so, you go. 
I have not, but I have been eating all the leftover pie that's in my refrigerator. So mm, I wish you guys played Alabama this week so I can come get the pie this week. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Florida State doesn't have a game this weekend. It had a couple of games canceled. We can kind of run through this and then get into Florida because they've actually been playing. But two weeks ago, I was up in Savannah. Again, we haven't talked about this, but I was up in Savannah and got a text uh, that Florida State wasn't going to be playing against Clemson. Apparently, Clemson traveled with a player that was confirmed positive after they landed. He tested before. Uh, pretty stupid protocol by the ACC, which has since been changed to testing on Thursday as opposed to Friday. I don't know how it just now. I don't understand came. either, and it, I don't think they're the only conference because I I have heard that multiple times that like, oh, we're in the air, we don't know until we land. Like that just seems really dumb. That seems pretty idiotic really to me that. That you would test to check and then... And then not wait for the uh, results before you put everybody in a tiny tin can. Right. Perfect. And I and I totally get both sides of this. Because if 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 Florida in their four and eight year would have been playing Alabama and done the same thing, we would no, say like, the same thing. We, we would say that they had backed out. Like, I get the trolls. But I also 100% get the medical staff saying... You can't travel with a player that's positive and understand incubation periods and everything else and then expect us to really play that game. And so, uh, you know, pretty stupid. I don't know that it's necessarily done by Clemson because it sounds like it's what everyone has been doing. What I will say is there was a game earlier when Florida State traveled up to Louisville that Florida State had players that tested positive but were symptomatic and they didn't let them travel. Yeah. And so... To me, that shows a little bit more foresight. To be fair to Clemson, though, I had read that this player didn't feel well in the beginning of the week, so they didn't practice him. He he got two negative tests in a row and then felt better, so he went back to practice. So his positive tests, like we just said, happened on Friday. They didn't get it until he they didn't get the results until he had landed. So it seems like they really were doing the right thing at the beginning of the week. He tested negative twice, felt better. So then they were like, okay, well, that's not what he has. Because it's not like there aren't other sicknesses out there that everybody gets. You know, we just have to live in this like hypersensitive time because of what's going on with COVID. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities for somebody to not feel well and have something that isn't COVID. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think the... I think the blame lies less with Clemson Um because different medical experts are going to interpret what is safe and okay in different ways, Absolutely. right? And so I that's think, honestly, so that's this fun. is so conferences' the, part. That it's fault. the ACC, yeah. It's the ACC's protocol. Because again, why would you ever have travel after testing? Like well, to me, and it's like the ACC should have been the one that had an opinion on it. The ACC basically was like, I don't know, y'all figure it out, which right. is ridiculous because that's what's what turns this into Clemson being pissed because they're chasing a title. They want the next, they want the next win. Honestly, on, on their record, they want the next win. They want, uh, some more film. They want an easy game where they can run up a 87 bajillion points. No offense. Um, so I get why Clemson is pissed. And I do see what Florida state was saying too. I think Florida state would probably willing to gamble it if they were in Clemson's shoes. But I do see the the idea that like, wait a minute, you traveled this guy, he breathed all over your entire plane of players, but you want me to play them. Like just because they haven't tested positive doesn't mean they won't. And again, to be fair to Clemson, we haven't heard anything about any sort of outbreak this week. So 
clearly it would have been on the overly cautious side on Florida State's part, but we hindsight's 2020. We don't, we wouldn't have known that in the moment, but it's just dumb that the ACC didn't either say, yes, you're playing or no, you aren't. It's, it's stupid that it was left up to the teams who each have completely different interests in this situation to hash it out. Yeah, for sure. If you're Florida State, and this was the biggest thing, you knew you were going to take a massive L there. Right. And Florida State is struggling with COVID issues now and knew they were then, and they couldn't afford an even bigger breakout because of what may happen, uh, you know, because they didn't want to lose the games that were coming up after the Clemson game, right? Like they didn't want to say like, well, we'll play the one Clemson game and then we have a massive outbreak. We'll lose the next two. Well, they ended up losing the next two anyway. And and then right. again, ended up getting two more scheduled back. But, you know, again, it, it's really on the ACC. So that game got proposed, postponed, got canceled. Um, not going to be played again. Clemson wind their way into not having to, to basically getting a game removed off of their schedule. Dabo came up with the lame excuse of we prepared for 11 games already. We should not have to prepare for a 12th. Uh, like I every other uh, year. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, Notre Dame had a game scheduled next week and I'm sorry on the, t- yeah, on the 12th of December, uh, a game that was being remade or uh, made up. And it sounds like Clemson uh, being the darling of the ACC these days, uh, was able to convince the folks there in North Carolina that they should not have to play that game and that uh, instead of them having to make up their game like Notre Dame had already agreed to do and was going to do, uh, Clemson said that they should not have to, and so the ACC canceled Notre Dame's game and said instead of making Clemson do what we all know they should, uh, we will just make Notre Dame do what you know, Notre Dame no longer has to play that game. So pretty stupid. Um, Dabo kind of wind his way into getting his way. That is uh, certainly the way that the world works now. He who cries the loudest uh, gets what he wants. So, Not just um, in football. <laughs> oh, yeah, in every aspect of life. So Dabo was the biggest crybaby about this. And uh, that was my to me, that was my biggest problem. I didn't really have a problem with Florida State canceling on an uh, abundance of caution. I would not have had a problem with the game being played, but I understood that side. I didn't have a problem with Clemson being upset that they traveled all that way and then a game was canceled three hours before the kickoff. I completely understood both sides. It was the fact that Dabo acted like an absolute ass clown child, uh, multi-millionaire uh, that gets paid He's to still coaching. talking about this, by the still, way. Still whining about it, gets paid millions of dollars, does not think the players deserve any of that, uh, and just puts his foot in his mouth every absolute chance that he gets. I, I almost want to apologize to Dan Mullen for calling him Baby Dabo at one point because Dabo Sweeney is just the most, just the biggest ass clown that there ever was. Again, still whining about it three weeks later. Um, you know, to me, it was, it, you know, I, I understand a lot of people have different takes about COVID and the pandemic and everything that goes along with it, but he literally whined like a child uh, about potentially having to travel twice to play one football game when you know, 250,000 people have died of, of this disease. Uh, it just seemed very out of line. You know, we all have our personal beliefs on what we think of the pandemic, but crying about not being able to play football is, uh, is definitely not high up on the list of, of what priorities should, should really be. So, uh, at the expense of not wanting to sound too much more like Dan Wolken, uh, Florida state oh, also had Florida state also had to, we had him on the pod and I, uh, I told him I didn't like it. I, I just said like, Hey man, I, I've seen your takes and stuff. 
I said, I really don't agree with you on much, but I do agree on this. Right. <laughs> and you I said, I, agenda right today. So you're on. Well, I said, you know, I don't agree with a lot of, you know, your takes on the, on the virus and, you know, how you see things. Uh, we just see things differently on how we think the virus should be handled. But what we can agree on is Dabo is a whiny baby, and so we can find middle ground on that. And so he didn't really have much to say back. He, oh, okay, thanks. You know, whatever. So uh, Florida State, then I was about an hour and 15 minutes outside of Tampa, all the way up to Tallahassee, and got a text that Florida State's game was being canceled. Uh, my guy that was pretty close to the program told me that if we made it through Friday night, we should be good to play. And so I left on Saturday morning to go to the game, uh. meet up with some buddies. Uh, fortunately, I left about an hour and a half late because if I'd have been more than halfway there, I'd been pretty pissed and also not knowing what to do. Like, should I keep going, go have lunch with them, come home? Uh, being only an hour outside of town, I just turned right around in Ocala and came home. So um, so that was kind of nice to not have to make that trip. Florida State's game's canceled. They are off again this week when they should have played Duke. They'll play Duke next week, knock on wood, and then Wake Forest the week after that. Uh, Wake Forest is pretty good. Duke is not. Um, they're the only team with more than – more losses than Florida State has on Florida State's schedule. And so uh, a winnable game for Florida State, but you know, also a very losable game. Who, who really knows this year what will happen with them? And then the Wake Forest game will be pretty tough, but another game that Florida State could potentially win. So if they could pick up two more wins, as opposed to getting beaten down by Clemson and Virginia, uh, it's a pretty good trade-off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I, – I think that's a win. And I think, you know, importantly, you're, you're – your players and your coaches get two more games, which I like, uh, you know, I know maybe the fans would look at it as a win or something, but it it would suck for your season to just unexpectedly that be it. Yeah, no, that's the most, that was the most upsetting part. It was like, you know, we all kind of were like joking around and like, Oh, well, great. The season's over. I don't have to watch us lose again. But then you had the players kind of coming out and saying like, man, I was, I'm a senior. I thought yeah. I was going to get to walk across that field with my mom. And then you're like, yeah, Okay, I don't care if we play Clemson and lose by sixty. Like I want that kid to get yeah, out there exactly you know, one more time. Like there, you know, him him getting to play and, and stuff like that's more than you know. I, I'll take a beating when Florida State loses these next two games on Twitter and everything else. And I'm well aware of that, but I can you know I can meet people with the best of them. Um, so the fact that the kids will get to play a couple more games is is pretty cool and yeah. And happy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, I feel that you, you have earned the right to celebrate your senior, your senior day. I honestly think a lot of these schools and I think high schools too should have done senior day, the first game of the year, just get it out of the way that way, no matter what happens, it got in, but that wasn't the way that, that this works. I'm glad these guys are going to get at least, you know, most of the games that they were supposed to. And Hey, there's no, uh, bowl game eligibility issues. So Florida state could have a bowl game too. Well, what I will say is I don't expect this. I'm not necessarily predicting it, but Florida State could beat Duke for sure. And so then you get to three and six. And if they can look up and find a way to beat Wake Forest and get to four and six, I think at four and six, they probably do get into a bowl. Um, you know, I, I don't I think if they lose the next two and go two and eight, they probably don't. But I think four and six is close enough. You know, in a in a normal year, four and six probably turns into you know, in a normal year you you play Clemson in Florida, so you you have a couple more losses for sure, but one of your wins may get replaced with a loss. Like Notre Dame wouldn't have been on the schedule. You'd have played Syracuse. So I mean, that's close to five and seven, right? And so I think that at four and six, I think Florida State has a decent chance of getting a bowl. And I think those practices would be really, really valuable. I mean, we may end up opting out of that bowl first thing in the morning on the bowl game uh, day, but I think the practices leading up to it could be important. And yeah, um, 
you know, there's advantages to not playing in the bowl as well. Your guys, your coaches can just go out and recruit, which Florida State clearly needs. So I'm going to spin it as a positive either way. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I think that if they can find a way to win these two games, I think that it kind of puts a, uh, you know, puts a positive spin on it for sure. Um, Florida has been playing games. We didn't talk about the Vandy game that happened a couple of weeks ago, but Florida played Vanderbilt in kind of a slow start uh, for the Gators. They had been starting out pretty quickly in a lot of games, but Vandy led 10-7 after the first quarter. Florida led 17-10 um, at halftime, and then Florida kind of put them away, and and the game was, I don't want to say ever, I mean, the game was never in doubt, even being a one-score game at the half, but uh, Florida ended up winning 38-17. to 17. Not the Not the best Florida performance that we've seen this year. Um, certainly didn't seems look to be great. better for the course for Florida versus Vanderbilt, though. I mean, literally every year. Yeah, for sure. Certainly looked like a little bit of a hangover game after a fantastic game against Arkansas. Um, Florida seems to start slow, and they did it again this week on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and that's something they're going to have to get figured out, if not over these next two games, it's certainly when they go to Atlanta, which we kind of all assume they will, right? Like they just right. need to win one of the last two to get there. Uh, I don't think – I think they'll be more up for those games, but they've got to be sharper to start games. Uh, I mean, you can't uh, – Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you open can't against start, a better team yeah, like that. Yeah, Bama will go up 21-3 to three and, and never look back. So that that's kind of the – you could do that against – you know, Vandy's the worst team in the SEC by far, and, and Kentucky's – Got a pretty bad offense. So, um, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, they, they won the games. They, the games were never really in question. Um, but they, they certainly need to start a little quicker. Um, and, and you hope you'd see that against Tennessee, but that's going to be a weird game this weekend with the weather. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts? At least on it's a three thirty start, which is, uh, you know, I we've talked ad nauseum about this. I hate noon kicks. I don't think Florida plays well in general. I think, you know, when you're talking about a game that nobody's that super pumped for, a noon game just makes it even worse, like a t- like a game like Vandy. Um, but I, you know, I can Tennessee in the beginning of the season showed glimpses of promise. I don't think we've really seen it as much the last few weeks. Um, they were decent against Auburn, even though I think they ended up losing by 13 was the final. But, um. I- Tennessee is just a weird team to me. I think that they have the ability to be a lot better than they are. I think they have enough talent where they could be a problem for somebody. I I don't think that Florida is in a position this year to ever really be caught off guard or surprised. I don't think that there is really such a thing as a trap game for this team in this season. So I'm definitely not going to say that, but this Tennessee team has the potential to be better than, than what we've seen. That being said, I'm sure Florida wins by a lot. We're going to have people that complain that we didn't score enough. I don't know if you saw this. I, I thought of you multiple times against the uh, during the Vandy game and the Kentucky game because two weeks ago we talked about how you're pretty sure that Dan Mullen is padding Kyle, St- Kyle Trask's stats and that he's calling the offense in a way that pads them. Um, I just thought it was funny because Florida fans are pretty convinced that Dan Mullen is doing nothing to help Travis think it's the opposite. campaign yeah. yes, and that they, he should be doing so much more, which basically means we're pretty sure that I am right, which is 
he's calling what he thinks works for this offense and he's not doing one thing or the other either way. Um, so, so, so the truth lies somewhere in the middle, right? That the truth is that he is helping pad Trask stats, but not with that intention, but whether he is meaning to do it or not, that is essentially what yeah, he's doing. Now that's, the, a, the purpose, that's kind of a the purpose, statement though, because any, that's well, like saying that, well, that, I mean, <laughs> well, no, but what I'm saying is the, the way that Mullen is calling offenses, not in like a good or bad or like manipulative way, just the way that Mullen is calling the offense every game. But can't you say this is helping stats. the offense of like any, player that ends up winning the Heisman you're oh their offense was called in a way that got them stats well that's the best player on the team so the offense was called to get the ball I mean, to your best win like that's 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 I, dumb. Talk, I mean I think we talked about that a little bit just with the fact that again and this is the one that comes to mind but I looked at all of them Florida State had more rushing touchdowns than Jameis had passing touchdowns the year he won it and so yes I, I understand that you're thinking there but not necessarily. Like I, and so my thing, point is, I think if Mullen thought Mullen, he could have balanced touchdowns, running and passing, he would. I don't think he thinks he can and have the offense be as successful. And I broke and I, down. And I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And have no, and I'm not saying that Mullen is doing it for the purpose of padding Kyle's stats. I think that it's an unintended consequence. Yeah. And you think a consequence is a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think it's kind of a quirky thing that, that I think it's it the word pad that throws me like he has great stats because Florida does not have a balanced offense this year. I think that's a true statement. I think, I think if I Florida think had a more balanced offense, Kyle Trask stats would not be as good. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't be, you know, a great player, the same type of player he is, but I think they'd spread the ball around more if that was, possible. I don't think they think it's possible. I did break down, um, and I, I tweeted this to you a couple weeks ago, but you were arguing with somebody back and forth about, you know, there being however many touchdowns, eight or nine touchdowns that were like nine yards or in from Trask passing. And at least half of those, they had run the ball, the play previous for either no gain or negative yards. And so I do think that that's kind of indicative again, of the bigger picture that like it's just not a balanced offense. That doesn't mean that, you know, he's looking at the scoreboard going, all right, well, I can get him a three yard pass here and that's going to set him another record. So what the hell let's call it. I, I, I'm sure that happens on every team. And I'm sure that has happened out for Florida this year at times. I found it interesting that the other, the other thing about that is there's nothing wrong with that. No, there, there, there's nothing, not. The people that, the people that are in my mentions and your mentions and stuff, they're like, I can't believe TJ had this thing. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's it's just a it's just a product of what is happening. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that Mullen is a is a bad person and gonna like steal your Christmas presents on December 24th. And I'm not saying that Kyle Trask kicks, kicks puppies. I'm just saying that they throw more than they pass, and that's why his stats are up. Like I I don't know why that's such a controversial take. I think with Twitter, because Twitter. I think 
Padding the stats, padding it to me, at least implies doing something intentional for the stats. I think it's a fair statement to say Kyle Trask's stats are ridiculous this year because Florida does not have a balanced offense. I think that that's a fair statement. I'm totally on board with that. I think when you use the word pad, it, it just implies some sort of intention there. And I don't, I, I don't well, think I'm- the intention is padding his stats. I think the intention is winning football games. The side effect may be that his numbers are larger than they would be if Florida had a more balanced offense. Yeah. And that has always been my take. And I'm sorry that UF fans have gotten triggered with the word padded. If I could have gone back in time and used a different word. uh, I think it's that they're triggered that he isn't doing enough either, which I also think is absurd. That's which not is absurd. It, it is. Kyle Trask threw a touchdown again on first and goal from the two yard line. So that's this week against Kentucky. So again, let's not go well, crazy. If he's not the doing thing, enough. The game, Dan Mullen can't script the whole game. He doesn't know how each thing is going to play out. So he's got to do every single play. What puts Florida in the best position to get another play, another down, an, a, another score, another whatever. He can't – this isn't a video game that you play to rack up yardage or touchdown you know, records or whatever else. It's a game that you play to win on whatever – by whatever means necessary. Um, I don't know. And, I, you know, I saw so many people arguing, you know, well, Saban does it for his guys, which, I, like, I don't even remember Saban ever making a single comment about any of his players that, you know, have been, gone on to win Heisman's. I don't – Mullen was given an opportunity at the press conference on Saturday essentially to sell Trask. And this is part of what people are upset about. And what he essentially said – this is not a direct quote, but he basically said – we're focused on winning games. If we win games, individual awards will come, but we're focused on the wins. But I, what kind of, what statement do you want your head coach to make outside of that? Yeah. It's weird to me that Florida fans are like, well, they're not running this public campaign for tracks Heisman and Mullen's not doing enough to help him get the, I mean, Trask has more touchdowns than anyone else in college football that's in consideration by far. It's not even close. And LSU didn't run a campaign for Burroughs. Well, I don't Heisman remember last Florida year. running Oklahoma, one for I remember ESPN running one for Tebow. Yeah. Oklahoma didn't run a, a, a campaign for Baker or Kyler. And we didn't run one for Jameis. And they, like, nobody does that, you know? So it's like, I don't even know. Like I've seen, I've seen some of the, because some schools have put up billboards and things like that. But, but that's not a social media campaign, you know. You do stuff within it, like your college town, you know. But like you're not, you're not running like ads to yeah, try and. Florida didn't put up a single billboard for Tim Tebow. I was in Gainesville at that time. There was not that wasn't something that was done locally or otherwise. That's not they don't. Florida hasn't, to my knowledge, I was 12 years old when Danny Warfel won the Heisman. So, I mean, I could be wrong on this, but to my knowledge, that's not something UF does. They'll honor you after the fact. If given the opportunity to, you know, sing your praises, they're not going to pass on it, but they're also not going to put up a billboard, quite literally not going to put up a billboard. And they shouldn't. And there's no reason to, nobody 
cares right. right like you do that in gainesville and also, yeah, great everyone in gainesville thinks that- heisman voters do you think there's a single heisman voter out there that doesn't know kyle trask numbers but if uf ran a social media campaign they'd be well aware of it that's kind of like the people that don't know there's an election on monday and the election's tuesday uh, that's yeah, it's 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 just kind of stupid um here is a question related so I'm very sorry to you fans for using the word padded. My final take on this is that Dan Mullen has called an unbalanced offense or has an unbalanced offense, and that is helping Trask. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Doesn't mean that he's doing it for malicious reasons. And even if he was, that's okay. It's not a, it's not like amoral to want to get a guy more touchdowns, you know, like if, but that's you know, somebody I, wants to Brett, get more touchdowns. You know, they want touchdowns. Period. Yeah. Didn't didn't Brett Favre like when Michael Strahan was on like sack twenty one and a half? Like didn't Brett Favre just like fall down in front of him so that Michael Strahan could get the record? I mean, even that like people, even if he was doing it for immoral re- or like to pad his stats, it's not a bad thing for him to right. do that. It was absurd to hear Florida's fans say that he's not doing enough when the second most impressive player in the country this year has been Mac Jones and he has what 13 more touchdowns than him. I mean, so like to say he's not doing enough is, is kind of funny. It's, it's 11 more touchdowns. Sorry for the misquote. So speaking on the Heisman, my question is barring a loss by Florida to Tennessee or LSU um, and barring, a you know, Alabama doesn't lose a regular season game either. Is the Heisman 100% locked up or can Mac Jones still win it? In um, your opinion. I think Mac Jones can still win it. I think that I think the winner of the Heisman is probably the winner of the Florida Alabama game. So, I do not feel like it's that cut and dry, but I do think it's it's close to that. I um, think Lawrence is kind of distanced in this picture, really not on anything that he has done, but because Clemson has missed games, because he has missed games, I just don't think that the stats are there. The film is there. Um, You know, maybe that changes. He has some world beating performance against Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. I I don't know. I think Justin Fields, Ohio State's not going to have a big enough body of work for him to um, I think for people to justify voting for him, even if they actually think he's the most talented person out there, um, I do think people are swayed by a great story. I think Kyle Trask is a great story, but I, I just, outside of those four, I don't really, I, I mean, I guess what's the running back from Buffalo. Um, he's a cool nah, story. That's, else, but like, that's not going to be a real thing. Um, I, yeah. I just, I, I think it's got to come down to, to Mac and Trask. I think it comes down to that game. That doesn't mean, I mean, I don't know if Mac, ha- if either one of them has a terrible game between now and then, maybe that becomes a factor too. But I think that's going to be the last thing on people's minds before they vote. So I kind of wonder how much the, because the only thing that Mac is really trailing in is, is touchdowns, right? right? Yardage is very, very similar. It's, it's less than a hundred yards one way or the other. Um, you know, Trask has a little bit lower completion percentage. It's still fantastic. So before Florida fans jump on me, it's 71%, which is still fantastic. Uh, Mac Jones is a 76, which is really even more absurd that, that they're both way over 70. Um, so everything is very, very similar. 
Um, yards per attempt goes a little bit closer to, to Jones, but like you said, it's 11, it's an 11 touchdown difference. Um, and realistically, you know, in a best case scenario, by the time they get to Atlanta, I think that that could maybe be down to eight. Maybe Mac Jones could, could close in by three more. Uh, or do they play one more game or do they play two? I could be way off here. Who? Uh, Alabama? Oh, the Arkansas game is going to get rescheduled. Yeah, so they'll yeah, play, they'll two, play more. two more. So there's, you know, my thinking there is in a cold, wet, rainy, nasty game this weekend against Tennessee on the road, you know, maybe Trask goes for three and Mac Jones goes for four against Arkansas or LSU because they're pretty terrible. And then maybe the same thing, you know, LSU, you know, maybe that last week Trask goes for four. So maybe like the difference could be like seven or eight. And then I think that it really comes down to what the, and I'm not even projecting that that could be it because Trask could easily go out and throw five this weekend sure. because Tennessee's still just terrible. But like in a best case scenario for Mac Jones, maybe he cuts the touchdown difference to like eight. And and then I think he needs to, I think he needs to really outplay Trask in Atlanta, which with the way that um, Alabama's defense is playing right now and Florida's defense is playing right now, that that might be possible. I, you know, I don't know, but I think that if Trask, if Trask goes out and throws five touchdowns and Florida loses 42 to 45 and, and yeah, Mac Jones yeah. throws like two touchdowns. Yeah, that's a, there's definitely a possibility so that if he gets to like an insane number of, you know, like, you know, Kyle Trask severely outplays sure. Mac Jones. I, I think he could still win it. Yeah. Although it, it's a, it's an individual award, but it's always gone to the, you know, the best player on the best Most team. Most of the right? time I it can, goes to the best player on the best, the best team. I don't, so I, so if, I think if Trask that, just keeps putting up, if Trask just keeps putting up numbers, if, if he throws five touchdowns a game, the next three games, I think he wins it no matter, yeah. uh, you know, unless, well, they so couldn't get blown out. If he Matt scores Jones but. is, has an interesting thing that he, that's working against him. And that essentially is that Alabama is so dominant that there, it's very difficult to have that Heisman moment when you're always heavily favored, right? There has not been a game where Alabama has been really particularly close outside of the old miss game, which, you know, became a track meet and Alabama pulled away at the end. There hasn't been a moment for Mac Jones that I would call his Heisman moment because there hasn't had to be one basically, which isn't fair to him because so, because you've blown everybody out, you don't get to win the Heisman because you didn't have your Heisman moment. But I think that Trask beating Georgia, Florida, getting that monkey off their back is kind of an, I mean, it's, it's cumulative. It's not a single play, but is kind of his Heisman moment. Um, and I do think that that will be something that factors into people's minds, which isn't fair to Mac Jones at all. Um, I'm definitely not well, saying that it that, is. Could that be in Atlanta though? Uh, it could be, it could be in Atlanta, but I'm just saying so far, I think that that's part outside of the touchdown, you know, total differences. Um, everything else is relatively equal. I think that that's it though. I think that right now that's part of it. And that sucks for Mac Jones, <laughs> Mac Jones, cause there's literally zero he could do about that. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that everybody looks for that Heisman moment. I think Trask beating Georgia is that for him so far. Mac Jones could still have one in Atlanta. Kyle Trask could still have one in Atlanta. If, if Kyle Trask goes to Atlanta and beat, beats Alabama, there's, I don't think anybody else has a chance 
with the Heisman. Like it's not going to be close in voting if that were to happen. But as long as you, as long as they don't lose a game before then, like, correct, I think if they were, if they were uh, yes, if they were, uh, yes, absolutely. If you were, if he was to like play a stinker and have like three picks in a game, they lose against Tennessee, then sure, uh, sure, that pretty much ends I'm it. just uh, making then, the assumption that, that they scenario, win getting there. Yeah, in that scenario, if they lose to Tennessee, they're you know they're probably not beating Alabama. Uh, yes, I would uh, say that's a fair statement as well. So, I don't know that they're beating Alabama anyway, and this is not me saying that they're going out there and they're gonna. What's what also stinks for. Um, Jones is, I mean, Jones was pretty spectacular against Georgia as well. Uh, he threw for 400 plus yards and four touchdowns. Uh, but it just happened so early in the year, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like if that, if that game would have been this week, I think that would kind of be considered a, a Heisman moment. It's tough to have a Heisman moment in week three. You yeah. Know? Well, uh, and, so. and they were expected to beat Georgia. And that's and that makes it harder too. It makes it harder to have a a, a Heisman moment when close. you're the favorite. It was, a, it was a close spread though. The closest spread that I've seen Alabama have at home in forever. Yeah, know? clearly so, I mean, it was that, off. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine being somebody that picked them. So yeah. Um, so I'm very interested to see what happens when you know. Again, I think Trask goes out and throws three or four touchdowns this week. I think Jones does the same thing. I think it ends up being like staying right where it is. Let's just call yeah. it a ten yeah. touchdown difference, and then. We haven't, I don't want to jump way, way ahead, but if we were doing a way too early preview on the SEC championship, I feel like it's a game that Florida, I think it'll be a lot like the LSU game. I don't think Florida will start slow. I think they'll get things figured out. I think it'll be a lot like the LSU game was last year um, where Florida is in it the entire time and makes one mistake that lets Alabama kind of close the door. And that's kind of how I would see the game going down now. We're three weeks out. Who who knows? Um, that's not a slam on Florida before people get upset about that. I'm not using any words like padded or anything that you guys should freak out about. I think Florida will be right there in the game. If, if you had to tell which team do I think makes a mistake, you know, I'm not taking Alabama to make a mistake. Right. I, no, a famous, I, no, pod, you. A famous podcaster that I talk with daily said that she's never betting against Nick Saban. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, I know yeah. it's going to be, it would be very hard for me to pick against Nick Saban. And it, it more than likely will come down to a mistake here or there that doesn't bode well for Florida, because I don't think that Alabama really makes mistakes. Alabama acts like they've been there before because they have, there's nobody on this Florida team who will have played in anything remotely close to the caliber of game that's going to happen outside of the people on this coaching staff that have been there before. Um, It it is going to be a whole new experience for this team. They're going to have to grow up fast in terms of big game experience. Um, And that does scare me because I, I think this becomes a track meet and a mistake is you know, uh, somebody's going to make a mistake somewhere. That's, that's going to play a role in this. I do. I do think it's a track meet though. Yeah, no, I expect, um, you know, I expect Florida to be right there. Um, it would it would shock me. I I can see it go. Yeah, just kind of like that LSU game last year, kind of like the Georgia game uh, against Alabama this year, where it's close going to the fourth quarter, and then you know Alabama kind of pulls ahead. I mean, that's what they do to everyone, right? right. They either be, they either beat you by thirty or they you know let you keep it kind of close and then you know take over at the end. So I, I don't think that's like a you know I I think that you know I mean Alabama's my pick to win it all. I mean they're they're my favorite to win it all. Um, you know, and, and I feel fairly confident on that, you know, so, um, you know, so we'll see. Um, what did we have? I want to talk a little bit about Ohio state. Oh, I'm here for this. Okay. So listen, I'm, (laughs) 
I do not think that Ohio State should get invited to the playoffs if they uh, – I maybe even if they play the rest of the season out and it still happens, but certainly not if they don't make it to the big 10 championship game. Um, I think, and this honestly actually isn't about Ohio state. It's about the big 10. I think the college football playoff committee should send a message to the big 10 that you don't get to not work with your peers, come up with your own set of rules, try to impose them on everybody else. That doesn't work. You call off the season in general. Uh, You backtrack because everybody else is figuring out how to make this happen and you look like a jackass. But you come up with rules that make it so difficult to actually implement that you've put yourself in a position where your number one team, basically the whole reason your team is put your, your conference is playing football at all this season is on the brink of not getting in because they don't have enough games. I, I honestly, I think that a message should be sent to them that you're not on an Island on your own. You don't rule college football. You don't get to act like you do. And next time be a real team player with your, with your other conferences. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be pretty insane if they do allow Ohio State into this thing. Um, the rankings came out tonight. Did you see them? No, I haven't seen them yet. What are they? So, number one, I know this is going to shock you, Alabama. I'm really just kind of like killing time because I'm trying to hurry up and get there. But um, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati. Um, and then a very underrated team, in my opinion, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, so Ohio state is still currently sitting at number four. I didn't, maybe I should have prepared more for this, but I was on a podcast and then a work or then another call at eight 30. So I, uh, I didn't hear the justification for that, but what I wonder is if they only play two more games and go six and oh, um, do would they keep them in? Are they keeping them in now because the games haven't happened? And so it's just, it's not a, you know, that's the big thing is the the ranking committee is not projecting what will happen later. If that was the case, they're always down until today. If the playoff was today, right. Or tomorrow, right. What would you rank them? Well, I don't think I wouldn't put Ohio state four at this exact moment. Their only quality win so far is over Indiana. And, you know, through no fault of their own, through the rules of their conference, they haven't played as much as everybody else. And I don't think that they have as big a body of work to, to well, they don't that not, I think they don't have as big a body of work to look at. Um, and the, so the devil's advocate, the devil's advocate to that is the two games that that they've had canceled, and and I agree with you on that. I know that I, I know that I'm breaking all the rules, but it's Christmas week or Christmas month, and I'm trying to be nice. But I agree with you on that that they have no quality wins. The devil's advocate to that is that the two games that were canceled were Maryland and Illinois. Sure, two of the absolute bottom feeders in the Big Ten, and and I'll just say this to be fair to Ohio State. Because again, our beef is not so much with Ohio State as it is no, the Big it's with the conference. It actually I, is not I, with Ohio State. They just happen to be the uh, I don't know, sacrificial lamb. I agree with you on the fact that they don't have a quality win. I mean, they have a top ten win against Indiana. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give them that. You know, they have a you know again uh, they beat number nine Indiana. I don't need to see them beat Maryland and Illinois to know 
to have a formed opinion on them. I'll, I'll say that. But it's I'll, just you know, so like just to be a, the puzzle. I don't think that either one of those teams beats Ohio State, so it doesn't necessarily change anything from that perspective. But I still think it gives us a bigger body of work to look at, more holes to look for, um, or not. You know, maybe more films just showing that they're that much of a complete team. I I just think it gives us more information. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It also sets up an interesting dynamic of where is the line, right? Um, if they would have gone 8-0 and then obviously won their Big Ten and, and won nine games, you would have been okay with them being in. Absolutely, in yep. So would missing one game have changed that? Like if they had gone 7-0 and then won the Big Ten and to go 8-0 – would that I have been think, okay? I think seven and zero is probably where my line is. And again, it's more about the conference than anything else because the conference could have played nice with everybody else. The conference could have gotten in it, gotten in an entire body of work. They chose not to, not based on science, based on their own agenda. And I think that's where my problem lies with with this. There are going to be other teams that get in the correct number of games or a very close to it. And I just feel like the big 10 gave a very half-hearted effort at the end, because honestly, I think they didn't think this season was going to be completed. So they felt like, Oh, we'll just, we'll just attempt something because it doesn't really matter. It's not fully going to happen anyway. And I think that yeah. they're probably very surprised that we've gotten to this point. So, yeah, I agree and disagree. Like, I'm on both sides. I can agree that to screw the Big Ten, like, they suck and I hate it. I don't know how how much I agree with, like, the fact that that also screws Ohio State, who didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And, no, Ohio State didn't do anything you know, wrong, but you so can't like, teach the Big Ten a lesson without it punishing Ohio State. And I'm totally and good where, with sacrificing Ohio State. And, and that's where I kind of have a problem with it um, because, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They did everything that they were supposed to do. And they truly, they, they fought they, against their conference every yeah, step of the way were, because of this. But you so don't get to kind be of, the bully and then be the benefactor of the other conferences who were doing, doing things in a way that you didn't agree with that allowed for this playoff to even happen to begin with. So – and that's the part that I do agree with you on is that screw the big 10 and the way they handled this and everything that's gone on with it. Um, what makes it tough is the fact that objectively, if Ohio state runs through their next two opponents and beats the hell out of them, uh, they would have played Northwestern in the, in the, in the championship. I don't need to see them beat Maryland and Illinois and then Northwestern to know that they are, you know, what I'd love yeah, is for Ohio State to absolutely cut the trend. Anything, any given Saturday. You know, we say, I don't need to see him play either one of these teams. And I understand the sentiment. And I don't, I think it would obviously be a long shot for Ohio State to lose either one of those games. But that's why we play the games. It's not a foregone conclusion. It's why these games are played. And you're not giving me the opportunity to see those happen. So therefore, you don't get a team in the playoffs. Sorry. 
Yeah. Again, I agree. I wish there was a way that you could screw the Big Ten and not Ohio State. Not but that I love thing. Ohio State Ohio or anything State like that. Will be fine. Ohio State will be back the next year. It will not be a major thing for recruiting uh, in terms of you know hurting them because they have the facilities, they have the coaching staff, oh, they no. have the ability. So I, I think it sucks for it sucks for the players on the team. It sucks for Justin Fields. Like I, I you know, and I, maybe maybe this is my point. I'd rather see Ohio State. I'd rather see Ohio State and Alabama play than Texas A&M and Bama again. Or I'd rather see Ohio State and Bama play than Cincinnati and Bama. Like, I don't want to see that slaughter. Yeah, but, and so I, that's, I, but there's me, that's kind of – to say, all right, Cincinnati, you know what? You're in. You figured out a way to get all uh, your you just games wanna, in. You just want to troll the UCF fans that they got in first. So we we know you have all I mean, benefit, not my intention. You're not padding the playoff. You just want no, the way there you just want happens it. to be a benefit for it in there that but but honestly though, I don't think I don't know that I think it's fair to say we've seen four Ohio State games. We promise you that Ohio State team's better than this seven and oh Cincinnati team, which you know, since Cincinnati's gonna play all their games. They're not gonna have an issue with that. I I don't know. I I think I'd rather see Cincinnati, even if I don't think that it's going to be a better game. I think that doing things the right way during this matters. Well, I argued for Cincinnati on the other podcast that I'm on, and I'm certainly just trying to buck the trend and argue Ohio State here, so that whichever way ends up being right, I can just you kind can of share say you were say right. Like, oh, this is the way it happened. Um, if you had to guess right now, who are your four playoff teams? My four playoff teams are going to be, let's see, Clemson, Alabama, Florida, and Ohio State. Man, look at you. So at least you were realistic with one thing. Um, <laughs> does How much does Clemson beat Notre Dame by? Because that's the other factor in this. If, if Clemson um, just barely I think a lot. Notre that's Dame. why I think that Notre Dame is not in. I think Clemson beats them by a lot. So I think that would be an interesting one. Like Alabama and Clemson, you know, Tim, I know you put Florida in there, so you got them winning the SEC. And then have Florida win the SEC by like a squeaker. But, that's but, but like everybody else that's not a homer has Alabama winning the SEC championship. And then so Alabama and Clemson are in. And then your fourth seed is going to be one of Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, or Ohio State. Yeah, and I have a hard time putting Texas A&M in there only because of the way that they lost to Alabama. It's early in the season, and I – I am good with if you're going to have a loss, you lose early, but they didn't just lose. They got their butts kicked by Alabama. So I I don't, I have a, that's a hard sell for me. Yeah. I don't know. That's always, we had a podcast that was literally named uh, the eye tester resume and that's where that comes in, right? Like I believe, well, who's A&M's best. Oh, you guys, I was going to say who's their best win, but so is A&M's resume better than Cincinnati's? Yes, probably. And do you think that on a neutral field A&M beats Cincinnati? I do, but 52 to 24 is hard to wrap your head around. I agree with that completely, but you just told me that Cincinnati has a worse resume and would lose to them on the eye test. I agree with both of those things. And so you still put Cincinnati in. I just, you know, when you win all the games that you have on your schedule. All right, UCF. (laughs) <laughs> but there's not like there's undefeated teams that you're putting in ahead of that. I don't know. I just, it's, it's a, it's a, sure. it is, it's a, it's a toss up. And I think honestly, none of them have a great, great argument for being there. 
Um, you lose a game, it's hard to have, unless you lose really, really close, it's, it's hard to have too big of an argument for why you belong. But 52 to 24 is, is not close in any way. There's no reason to see that score and think that if that game is played five more times that the outcome is different for AM. Yeah, and AM doesn't look impressive. They didn't look very good against LSU. I thought LSU played really, really well. It's tough to, when you watch one game by itself, I, I don't sure. follow LSU super closely. But LSU's defense did look good. It was rainy. Mon didn't look good. Um, I don't know if LSU has improved as the year has gone on or not, um, but they certainly looked better against um, A&M than I was expecting. And so, I i mean, they're massive underdogs to um, to – Come on, think, think, think. Oh, Bama this weekend, yeah. uh, but they held they held um, AM's offense down to to just twenty points. And before that, they they beat Arkansas, who Arkansas isn't great, but uh, they also beat the heck out of South Carolina right before they lost to Auburn. So they're just so hot and cold yeah. that you know they scored. It's so funny that you know they they scored forty one. They beat Vandy by. 34 right and then they scored 52 on south carolina and then they put up 11 points against auburn so it's just you know they are the most hot and cold team but it'll be interesting to see lsu's got two tough really 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 tough games the next two weeks uh against two top six teams in the country so um you know i I wonder but again going back to a&m i I just don't think a&m has been very impressive and so that's going to hurt them if they had beaten lsu by 40 points and then they go on to beat Auburn by 40 points and they win their last, you know, then that's, I think when you kind of get in the argument of like, okay, well they're beating the hell out of everybody they're playing right now. Like maybe they are legit. Maybe we do need to put them in, but since they're not, I think it's pretty tough. So, um, I think what'll be really interesting. We'll, I'll, I'll give this, I think if Alabama beats Florida, which, which I expect, and then you have Clemson beat Notre Dame close. I think those two could get in and and then I think that fourth spot, I think it, Ohio State's going to get it. So I think that would be – and I know that you don't like a couple of things in there. You obviously, don't like Florida losing. You don't like Ohio State staying in. But if I'm just being honest, I think that would be the best possible playoff. I think yeah. that an Alabama-Notre Dame uh, playoff would be fun. I think Clemson-Ohio State rematch, which is what but that would be. I don't think anybody fun. wants to see Clemson-Notre Dame for a third time, and I don't think that Notre Dame is better than Florida or Texas A&M. No, no, no. I would have Notre Dame – they wouldn't play each other. I would have Notre Dame fourth because they lost their conference sure. championship. They have to drop. And I have Clemson second. So Clemson would play Ohio State. We'd get the Justin Fields-Trevor Lawrence rematch from last year, which I think would be fantastic. And then I think Bama and Notre Dame would be fun. Bama's defense isn't very good. I think Notre Dame would hang with Bama them for like a half. A quarter, maybe. Bama would beat the pants off of Notre Dame. But I don't Notre Dame Alabama is not a better game than Notre Dame than Alabama, Florida or Alabama, Texas AM. And I don't think well, uh, Florida I, and Alabama aren't going to play each other in the first round of the playoff. Either way. Even if no, I mean I know that, but I'm just saying I don't know. I just I think I think Bama Notre Dame best I, now, four, I, Notre Dame shouldn't be in that discussion. And I, I disagree. I disagree on anybody. I disagree on a. I disagree on a And M. I think Notre Dame is a better team than Texas A and M, and would not lose so. 50, 54 to twenty or whatever you said that score was. I, I don't, especially the way they, especially the way they played LSU this weekend. Oh god, they were just pathetic. So a And M only puts. I don't think Notre Dame's up. very good. I think that the ACC is garbage, and so it makes Notre Dame look a little better than they would otherwise. Dame, but 
Notre Dame put up Notre like forty. Dame. Notre Dame put up like forty points on Clemson. You know, we, with Lawrence being out, but he didn't play DB. So right. you know, I don't know. I, I don't think Clemson is is as I, good as they've been in previous years either. That doesn't mean they're Texas, not great, but. Yeah, I, it's, I just I'm not very impressed with Texas A&M. Uh, and you know. Here's my thing with Ohio State too. Texas A&M, Texas A&M only puts up a lot of points on really really bad defenses. So you know. uh, if um <laughs> if but I did, State, that was a joke. It was true. <laughs> if Ohio State <laughs> plays their next two games and then plays in the conference championship game, I think that it will be hard to keep them out. I don't really like it. I don't like the idea that they will have seven to everybody else's what nine. 10 games. Um, but I think that that will happen. If Ohio state doesn't get in one of these next two games though, they won't go to the, uh, big 10 pen championship game, which means their sole, uh, you know, marquee win is Indiana. And if that happens, I don't think Ohio state is in. I don't think that they're going to go to the big 10 championship, but that's just my, you know, so you're predicting now, that one of the next two games doesn't happen. No, do they get in with just the six games they have? Yes, you. They have to have a minimum of six games, so they have to play their next two to be eligible. But I thought they were saying that the this game this weekend is potentially in jeopardy because of contact tracing for whatever the problem was last week. Um, so I think they flipped it to where they play Michigan State this weekend and Michigan next week. Is that is that not right? I don't know. I'm about to pull um, it up. So week 14, they play, uh, yeah, they play Michigan state. So maybe that was their way kind of around that, like get that one done. And then you play Michigan last. So hopefully they do play Michigan. Cause I agree with that. Like if they were to lose, so what would happen is if they were to lose one more game, they'd really lose two more games and they'd be five and O right? right. So at five and O, I don't think so at seven and O, I think I'm okay with them getting in. Yeah. In that situation, yeah, it was really I mean, just those two teams we talked about, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them putting Liberty in as well if they just want to pull <laughs> that up. Well, I you know, I I don't love it, but I totally see why Ohio State would be in if the next two get in and they play the conference championship game. But uh, especially if especially if our option is Texas AM. Or Cincinnati, like I'm taking Ohio State over either one of those teams without a question. You know? Yeah. And then the argument becomes, you know, depending on how much they lose by Notre Dame, A&M, Cincinnati. To me, Notre Dame's brand probably gets them in if it's a close loss. If not, yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I don't very think it's going to be a close loss, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. So Ohio State, basically what is to watch is what happens with contact tracing for this week, because the Big Ten has such stringent rules compared to everybody else. I think that what it is, is that the team's not allowed to get over 5%, which if we're talking about 110 person team, 115, whatever, when you're including walk-ons, you're literally talking about six players. Um, so that's not a lot to warrant a cancellation. Essentially, that's not what any other conference is doing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because this isn't something usually where you test positive one week and then you test negative the next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, they lose another one. I don't think they survive three canceled games. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I could still see them getting in just because of their name, but I don't think they should. I think they should. Um, well, I don't know about should, but it's weird. 
everything's weird. They should have they should have scheduled ten games in the Big Ten, and they should have done what everybody else did instead right, of being playing like everybody else did. Yeah, but they should have scheduled ten games because then you have two canceled and it's not a big deal. Right? Well, right? Like and they should have scheduled it over more. a longer period of time so that they had wiggle room because they don't they didn't allow for a single game to be made up, but then they also made it so that a game would be canceled. Wherever, when every other conference would play with six players with COVID, no issues, they would cancel their game. And not only cancel their, their and they haven't uh, adhered to this, but they're supposed to, if their team gets over, if a team gets over 5% positive, they're supposed to close everything for 21 days. That is what the Big Ten agreed to. That is the rules that they put out. They haven't done that. Because, uh, you know, Ohio State's game last week was canceled because of positive tests, yet they so far are still playing this week, which means they're not following their own rules, which I'm fine with because that rule's stupid. But, uh, you know, they should have participated with everybody else, been a team player, come up with common ground rules that everybody could abide by, and then played this college football season. I am in complete agreement. And write it down. That never happens. I think it's happened like three times. We can't even agree <laughs> on when we agree. Um, we didn't do picks last week because we weren't here, but we did picks two weeks ago. Uh, we both took Clemson. That game got canceled. We both took UF against Vandy. Neither of us hit that because Florida did not cover that spread. Uh, we both took – no, you took Indiana to cover the spread, and they did. Um, I took UCF to cover six and a half. They did that. Um you took Cincinnati there. I took no. We both took Virginia Tech. They did not cover that three and a half points. We both took Bama. We both hit it against Kentucky. Um, I took Oklahoma. You took Oklahoma State. Oklahoma covered, and neither of us got the UGA game right. They played a close game against Mississippi State, and uh, we both got the Liberty game wrong. They covered the spread, even though they lost the game. I went four for eight on the week. You went three for eight. Bringing our season totals to, you are 33 of 72, and I am 35 of 72. So I guess that means 35 of 30, 35 and 37, you are 33 and 39. So you're down by two, but we got a lot of games this week to pick. I'm sure this will be the week you turn it around. (laughs) (laughs) That was such an asshole thing to say. Oklahoma State is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at TCU. Uh, I like Oklahoma State here. I do, too. I've already written all mine in, so I'm not going to like read them all out loud first, but that will influence you, but I do like Oklahoma State here. Texas A&M is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn. Mm, Interesting. I'll take Texas A&M. I did the same. Uh, Ohio State is a 23-and-a-half point favorite at Michigan State. I'm going to take Michigan State. I think Ohio State wins, but I don't think that they cover the spread. I think because they know what they have to do and because uh, Ryan Day is trying to pad um, <laughs> Justin Fields' stats, uh, I think Ohio State covers this. Indiana is a 14-and-a-half point dog at Wisconsin. Um Indiana's quarterback is out for the year. I like Wisconsin to cover this spread and win by a ton. Yeah, I like Wisconsin as well. Uh, Oregon was a double-digit favorite last week and lost to Oregon State. They are again a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at Cal. What do you like? Uh, Give me Oregon. 
I feel like you don't watch a lot of Pac-12. I did watch like the Oregon-Oregon State say, game. It did not sound like a lot of confidence in either the pick. Well, or... I haven't watched Cal, so that's. But I I did watch Oregon. We have a friend that coaches for Oregon State that was our neighbor when he coached for USF here. So we we closet cheer for Oregon State at the moment. Hmm, so that's the only good. reason I watched that game. Alabama is a 28 and a half point favorite over LSU. This was the same spread that it was a couple of weeks ago when the game got canceled. We both took Bama then. Do you like Bama still? I do. In the second biggest game. Did you, what um, did you take, did you take Bama again? I took Bama. Sorry. Yeah. I'd already moved on. Um, can't stay focused. Uh, in the second biggest game of the week for you. Anyway, UF is a 16 and a half point favorite at Tennessee. They have burned us the last two weeks and not covered the spread. Uh, I'm a little surprised that the spread is this close. I think that probably has to do with the weather and them kind of expecting it to be a little bit more low scoring. Um, I just don't feel like you ever pick against Florida, so I don't know why I try and hype this pick up, but go ahead. Nope, pick in Florida. Uh, I'm taking – I took UF as well. I promise I had that written down before, um, but yeah, I, I – think that that spread's just too low i think that if it was like if it was 24 and a half like it, it was you know uh, against kentucky i i think i would have taken or was it 24 and a half i don't i don't remember i, I think it, it was, was 24. I think that's but i uh if if it was that high i think that that line is is a little bit more dangerous but i think this line is too low i think florida should be a 20 point favorite against tennessee and so i'll take florida here and in the game of the week college game day is heading to coastal carolina who is a seven point favorite against liberty i like liberty give me liberty and i like them to win the game i'll wager all my points on them winning the game bob um or whatever no that'd be alex trebek um all right so those are the picks this week we are recording this super late at night. I have to go do my elf on the shelf now and then go to bed. Yeah, me too. Um, but this will come out in the morning and hopefully everybody enjoys it. If not, you can send all complaints and um, cusses to, to Allie because I, I don't have time for it. So uh, she has time to, she has nothing to do. She has time to argue with you on Twitter. So um, anything else before we get out of here? <laughs> no, I think that's about it. All right. Well, everybody have a good night. Good day. Whenever you listen to this, thanks for all of your support. And we'll talk to you next week. 